Hey, everybody. Welcome to Listen Money Matters. You stick around. I'll make it worth your while. My name is Matt, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking? Superb. And I am drinking uh, the Sixth Glass Quadruple Ale from our buddy Drew. Yeah. Uh, and it's very tasty, and it's also highly alcoholic. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm, I'm almost sipping. What is the alcohol is, content on that? 10.5%. Uh, all right, and, and it's the middle of the day too. You're gonna be feeling pretty toasty. That's well, like three p.m. Yeah, I'm only drinking water. It's the weekend. It yeah. is the weekend. Anyway, um, we're gonna answer listener questions today on our five questions episode. I love these episodes. Me too. I do. I like them. Um, before we get started, if you guys have any questions about personal finance. Email us, listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. And we want submissions for catchphrases, which we say at the beginning of the show. Uh, today's catchphrase is, you stick around, I'll make it worth your wild. And that's from at hashtag allergy, <laughs> which I love. It's a great great uh, Twitter handle. And you can send them via Twitter, at moneymattersman is our Twitter handle. And uh, let's jump into it, man. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go to the first question from Andrew Hodgkins. Just listen to the Betterment episode. I'm beginning to save for a down payment on a home. Sounds like since I qualify, I should use a Roth for this account. Thoughts? Andrew, I kick this over to you. I'm going to say you should not use a Roth. Right. And, and why is uh, that? And I agree. So um, Roths are awesome for long-term and We're talking about Roth like, IRA, by the way. Yeah, we're talking about a Roth IRA. Through Betterment. Through Betterment. And uh, the reason they're awesome is because they're geared towards retirement. Um, hence the you, name. Hence the, the name. Individual with, retirement account, right? That's what it stands correct. for? Okay. Yeah. You can withdraw your principal. I mean, as long as it's not a rollover, a 401k rollover, you can withdraw your principal at any time yep. without any fees, um, without paying taxes. W- but wait, well, the principal is only the money you put in? Correct. Right. Not the money you gain. Not the growth. Right. Okay. However... And then this is why it's like really great geared towards the future is because in a Roth, your money grows tax free. Mm-hmm. So like you would pay like normally like 15% roughly. I mean, it depends on your tax bracket. You pay roughly 15% on your gains. So you would save a lot of money. And if you, and the only thing is you have to carry it until you're 59 and a half. So you'd save a lot of money on growth and it makes a lot of sense for an investment when you may need some of your money for something unexpected. Um, but the point of like the saving for a down payment in a house is you would want to apply the growth of your investments also to the down payment for your house. Sure. That's the whole point. Yeah. And, and that's why specifically I recommend just a normal investing account. Right. A normal Betterment account. Now, yeah. I will also, you, you, you failed to mention uh, that you can only contribute up to $5,500 a year with a Roth IRA. True. And if you're 50 years or older, you can do a little bit more. It's another $1,000, but uh, so it's 6500 But yeah, you're limited to the amount you can contribute. Mm. And you don't want to be limited it. Limited it. Right. You don't want that limit. So yeah, I would definitely not do a, a Roth IRA. I would do a just standard Betterment account. That way you can you can input the money. You know, you can you can invest. Uh, do it for you know however long you're saving for, and then withdraw when you're ready. You yeah. can withdraw all of it when you're ready. Exactly, and it's not that IRA Roth IRAs are bad. It's just right tool for the right job. Yeah, and they're and they're gonna have the same risks, right? And as it, involved in the regular the, Betterment account. Yeah, whatever's in your invested in with Betterment would be identical, whether it was a Roth or not. It's just the the tax rules. Associated. I have a question for you. Mm. If you're saving for a home, 
mm-hmm. for instance, like like Andrew is. Uh, do you think you should be a little safer? So maybe invest more into bonds than you would in the stocks. So maybe you won't grow as fast. You'll still be growing, but it won't be as risky because you were because you're pretty much banking on having that money when you go to make that down payment. Right. Um, so it's it's something to consider. However, uh, if things are particularly bad, maybe all signs point to this year is not the best year to buy the home. And okay. when we're when we're talking about in in the long term, uh, one year is not that big a deal, and there are tons of houses out there. And even though this is the one, you know that house, there will be many the ones. Mm-hmm. So sure, you could dial down the risk. Uh, you dial it down too far, and, and you you risk losing any of the upside and or most of the upside. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Betterment has specific plans already in place. Like they'll they'll give you advice if you are, for instance, saving for a home. So I believe that there's like a specific tailored advice for if you're using a Betterment account to save up for a down payment on a home. They they will structure your investments differently. Yes. Whether you know if you're saving. Yeah, correct. And and the thing also I just want to say is that um, when you dial down your risk, not only do you invest in different things, but it's it's just structured differently. Like literally, when you have Betterment account. And if you look at the little circle that has like it's like a pie of all your investments, and yeah. if you go from a hundred percent and you slowly drag it to a hundred percent bonds, so from hundred percent stock to hundred percent, you could see how the formation changes. So like, not only are you in less stock, but the stock that you're in is also less risky and less prone to grow as fast. Right. So it, it changes. You know, not only where your money goes, the proportions, but the actual yeah. piece. Of, yeah, still better than point nine percent that you would get with a normal savings account. I mean, point five percent. If you were one hundred percent bonds, yeah. you're still going to beat that. I mean, yeah, literally, like it's. I would say it'd be extremely difficult to not beat that. Okay, which All is right. why banks make so much money. Hopefully, Andrew, that answers your question. So if you're gonna, if you're going to do it, uh, just open up a standard Betterment account. From Andrew to Andrew. From Andrew to Andrew. Okay, next question is from Alice Ping. Is it bad to open credit cards, get that introductory discount, pay off what you owe, and then cancel the card? So um, is it bad to open cards that give you an introductory discount? The, the first thing that comes to mind is something like Macy's where you'll sign up. and yeah, I mean, I th- When you're in the store and you're buying a bunch of stuff, they will say, hey, do you want to open up a Macy's card and you'll get 5% off this order right it, now? It's usually like 20% or it's like some, some you know, well, no, much I mean, bigger. Uh, I, always saw, five, I, I always saw five, but maybe, okay, it could be different. I, I think it's like 20, but it could change. But, so the, the thing is, um, on the face, no, it's, it's not a bad idea. Get that 20% off. Um, as long as you pay the card yes. after you that's know the, you that's buy the, the thing, yeah. And then I want to kind of comment on the last piece. Um, she says, "Pay off what I owe and then cancel the card." And I would say, once you open the card, don't cancel it. Mm-hmm. Keep it open, and uh, like you know, grow. Even if you're not even using the card, use it once and done. Keep it open because uh, having many uh, lenders. Uh, with open lines to lend to you, sh- uh, in terms of your credit score, makes it higher. Makes you look more credit worthy. Well, because you have more available credit that you could use but aren't using. Correct. So it's your available credits, you know, ratio. 
So it's actually it's actually two things. It's the debt. Uh, it's it's like your debt ratio. Yeah, how debt much to credit you, ratio? Yeah. I think it's yeah debt utilization ratio. Okay. Also, the amount of accounts you have, like it, surprisingly, more accounts equates to a better score. But the, but let me ask this question: Is it more accounts? Like, if let's say I have like fifteen accounts open, but they all have a thousand credit limit. That that mm-hmm. looks doesn't that kind of look shitty? No, because then you'd have fifteen thousand dollar total limit. Okay. And you have many lenders who are willing to lend to you. Okay. The only thing that it would hurt when you open a card is another major component is the average age of credit. Mm-hmm. So if your average age of credit is two years, say, you know, across all your cards and you open a new one today, it lowers that average because now you're averaging in like a day, like a one day. So it'll take a little bit for it to balance out, but it's like such a minor concern. Okay, so... Uh, is it bad to open up credit cards and get the introductory discount? No. Especially if you pay off what you owe. You have to do that. That's the only, like, that's the thing. Yeah. But then, uh, it, it is bad to cancel. It is. You know? And if you, and if you were to do, and here's the other thing. If you're doing that every time you shop, there's a problem. You have another problem. You have a shopping problem. Uh, don't you know if you're at Target and they like and you and they have they want to take five percent off your order because you're buying uh, I don't know handy wipes and you're like yeah I'll sign up for the credit card that's stupid it's not worth that's not you're worth gonna save it. like twenty cents or something plus those a- credit cards from my my experience and maybe because I had bad credit those store credit cards have a very high interest rate. Oh yeah, if if there's any thought of carrying a balance, it shouldn't be yeah, done. No. I mean, they're like stuff stuff like Macy's have just, an exorbitantly high. Yeah, I just you know, we're not advocates on like opening up a bunch of credit cards. You know, mm-hmm. there's a I don't know what the limit is, but there's a limit to how many. I mean, I, look personally, how many I have uh, three credit cards, mm-hmm. uh, technically four. I have one for my Sleepy's account, which was when I bought my mattress. I still have it open. I I don't I haven't bought anything on it. It's completely paid off. I don't even try to buy anything on it, and if it ends up canceling on its own because I haven't used it in whatever, then so be it. Uh, then I have my Discover card, which is which I always use because it gives me five percent cash back sometimes, but roughly two percent or one percent all the time, or one point five percent or something like that. This is the Discover card. Yeah, I just have a regular Discover mm-hmm. card. Right. I have a Visa with. Uh, shoot, I'm just, I don't know. I was like, dude, how do you not know? Because I never use it, dude. Uh, oh, Citibank. I have a Citibank Visa, which uh, I never use. Like, and I if you need honest, a Visa. Yeah, if I need a Visa. That's basically why I have it. Because mm-hmm. my other credit card is American Express. And sometimes there's companies that don't take American Express or Discover. And I'm forced to use either my debit card or my Visa mm-hmm. card. Which the, the Visa card gives me no points. Nothing. I get no rewards with it. So yeah, I don't yeah. like using it at all. What about all. the Amazon card, man? I don't, ha- I don't have one yet. It's pretty awesome. I know. I want to get that. I want to get that Chase Sapphire card. That everyone's been Ooh. raving about. I really want yeah. that. But, you know, they have fees, so I'm, like, not really looking forward oh, to Oh, yeah, no, I wouldn't, you know. I wouldn't do a fee. Anyway, so there, there's your answer, Alice. Hopefully that, that helps. Uh, let's move on, shall mm. we? Yep. Uh, another question from Andrew Hot. No, no, no. Sorry. Oh, shit. I didn't, I didn't put the name in here. This, this next one is from Peggy McKenna. Okay, Peggy McKenna says, this is longish but i'll i'll read it i have four checking accounts and here's why i have my credit union account where i work my mortgage is there so i get a break of having it auto deduct it and no fees my second bank account is bank of america because my home equity line is auto deducted from that account i get a better rate and no fees from the for the account 
My main account that I pay my bills through is Capital One. I love their online site, and I have four different savings accounts for Christmas, vacation, life insurance, and emergency. My last account is Schwab for the no for the no at fees. Oh, probably no ATM fees. Mm-hmm. Should I keep all these accounts? They don't cost me anything. The other three automatically get funded from Capital One. I personally think you have too many. I agree. I think you should have one checking account. And uh, I think that uh, beyond overcomplicating your finances, uh, it's happened to me. I'm sure it happens to people a lot of times where you just have like a month where things just happen to be tight because maybe your mortgage company charged you all of your year's taxes at once or you know you bought a vacation or whatever the, the thing that happened is that kind of makes it tight. If you have your money spread out across multiple accounts mm-hmm. and you need to make a big payment and you have enough money, but it's across multiple accounts. It just makes it that much more complicated. You got to transfer it in, but then does this bill hit on that card? Yeah, and that it's, bill it can get hits on a different. Yeah, it can get if confusing. all your bills. Yeah, if all your bills hit one card, then you just keep all your balance there and you just make sure you know that. All right. Well, all right. So she works at a credit union, and that's where her mortgage is. So she gets a break from having it auto deducted. Mm. Right. To me, that's big. Yeah. Right? Discount on your mortgages is huge. I'm sure she's getting ATM fees. Which mm-hmm. I would just argue don't use the ATM. Right. You know, just go to or go to your bank. Like you go to your bank to take out cash and that's it. I know withdraw some- once a week and have on you. And if you're out of cash, then uh maybe use your card or just don't buy it. Yeah, or yeah, use your credit card or something. Here's what I do. I have simple and they not every ATM, you know, it's they they have fees on ATM, but there's a certain run that don't. So I found that all the Wawa, which is like a convenience store in my area, they all have these machines. So when I do take out money, which is rare, I, I have to go to a Wawa. I just go to a Wawa because mm. they're like 50 around me. Um, right, right. If I'm away, I will pre-go to Wawa and get the money I need before I go away. <laughs> or I will just use a credit card. I use a credit card for pretty much everything. Um, her second bank account, because she has a home equity line that's auto-deducted from that account. So, so to, to get this straight, you have a mortgage on your home. Yep. You're going to have, say say she put 20% down and she has 20% equity, mm-hmm. right? And then maybe a little bit of growth. The home equity line is then borrowing against that equity and possible growth. And I just kind of want to say, um, you know... Uh, I want to know what... Yeah, and I want to know what break she's getting. Like, what's the break? So, so I don't know. And I was going to say, that's like, a, that's like a really dangerous thing. And if you think of 2008... And all the things that happened, one of the major things, one of the major causes, if not the major cause, is that people were borrowing against the quote-unquote future value of their home or a speculated value of their home. And considering you still have a mortgage and uh, likely not that much equity, I think it's just generally dangerous. You should – look, at the end of the day, you want to be stuck without a house. Right. I think you should, you should maybe uh, reduce that. Yeah, reduce the amount and, of checking, checking accounts. Yeah, I mean, reduce the checking accounts me. and get rid of that home equity, you know. Yeah, it scares well, me to have that many accounts open because, like, what happens if you accidentally, with, you know, overdraw in one of them and then you're, you know. Mm. Uh, yeah. That's it's hard. like they don't charge fees on the face, but then if a check bounces or, you know, maybe you overwithdraw because you accidentally use the wrong one, it's like uh, you're opening yourself up to the opportunity of making mistakes. What about the Capital One account where she has the savings accounts in there? Like, she can keep the savings accounts, but she doesn't need the 
You, you know, know how I feel about savings accounts. I know, but I think you can auto pay. I'm sure. I mean, maybe I don't know this, but if you keep the credit, I mean, which one of these accounts do you think she should keep as the center? The, I think the credit union. Right. Uh, the fees are less, and they, it helps with the mortgage. Right. Um, and you know, if she's investing with Schwab, you know, maybe she can keep that one as well because maybe the the credit union. If she's union. investing, but if if she's just using it as a checking account, which it's which is what she's declaring here. Mm. then there's no sense in just having that extra account. Why? Because there's no, you know, she might get fees through Capital One ATM, but then I would just say, you know, no. Look, no. I, the, I imagine the savings she's getting uh, are, are, you know, sure they're savings, but I'm sure they pale in comparison to the amount of money and efficiencies that could, efficiencies that could be found if she focused on improving other areas of her finances and not trying to optimize checking accounts right. or savings accounts because the, these are like literally the low gain area. Okay, so. I got you. All right, I'm good mm-hmm. with that. Cool. So uh, Peggy, right? Yep. Because you didn't write it in here. So, Peggy, hopefully that answers your question. Um, if you want to go deeper into it, you know, send us an email. Listen to money matters at gmail.com for sure. And we'll help you pick the right one. And, you know, we'll go from there. Maybe maybe it's two, you know. Mm. But, yeah, we'll, uh, really try to focus on one. I only have one checking account. Definitely not four. Yeah, I, I have one. Actually, I have two. I have one for me and a joint one between Laura and I. Okay, there you go. So that's uh, a couple. We have three. All right, we have another one from Andrew Hodgkins. He writes, uh, I'm a teacher, so I don't work during the summer. Pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty great. I'm glad you admit that. Uh, I have the option to get my salary prorated for 12 months for nine months. So I understand. I know what that means. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Well, well, what does it mean? It, it means that he can get his, I mean, he only works for nine months out of the year. So right. uh, instead of getting it in only those nine months, he can have it spread out for the entire year. Like a normal salary. Like a normal salary. Structure. I currently take it over 12 months for simplicity's sake. However, my financial spidey sense tells me I would be better off taking the money over nine months. After all, more money up front equals more time to earn interest on that money. However, do I need money to live on over the summer? He says, I do need money. Oh, sorry. However, I do. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. However, I do need money to live on over the summer. So if I went the nine-month route, I want to figure out a way to automate savings. Do you have a suggestion on how I might go about doing that? Do you, do you want to answer this? I, I, I'm going <laughs> to say. I see you like gulping. You're like, uh. No, I say take it over the 12 months, never do nine. How come? Well, I have friends that do the nine months mm-hmm. thing, and then they struggle all summer. They're broke, yeah. and they have to work a second job, and they're just struggling. So and it uh, pisses and- me off. And I'm like, dude, just make it go over the 12 months. What are you doing? You have that option. I, I had replied. But they, everyone, everyone wants more money up front. Everyone wants more money. It's the same reason that you know uh, people don't invest in their four hundred one k because it's like, well, I'm taking the money out of my check. I want more money. I want, dude. Ugh, it's, it's just you have the money. Yeah. Just, it's just now later. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's sorry. I got a little heated there. The, the teacher thing. <laughs> Go on. What are you? What are you suggesting? So, because um, I, I get what he's saying on the more interest, more time to earn inter- interest on that money. That's if I, you do it. I actually generally agree with. You. I, I replied to him in email. Okay, uh, and I'm gonna kind of say the same thing I said to him. Um, that I, I kind of do agree with you, and and the reason is because uh, you need to have absolute faith and trust in yourself that you will make the right decisions when you make more money 
per check because I think, and I fall victim to the same thing. I know thing. you're going to say, yeah. When more money comes into my check, you spend I more. feel richer. Yeah, and you spend more. And, and it, yeah, and it, I feel less concerned with maybe the smaller spends, you know, and, and it's... And you're not thinking about the summertime because... Yeah, yeah, because I, that's a way off, and you know you'll be fine, and you'll handle it. So the thing is, mm-hmm. if you can, if you can, for a fact, like if you're certain that you can be smart with your cash and put a significant amount of it in savings, maybe out of your reach or however you know you prefer to do it, then I'd say by all means do the nine months because yeah, it could be super beneficial to do it that way. You just need to really, really be honest with yourself. I say 12 months. I'm not even going to say be honest with yourself. Mm. Say stick to the 12 months, man. Get a paycheck every single month. Like know that you're making the same amount every month and don't leave it up. I mean, this is sort of that, this mind frame of automating, right? Mm. Don't, I I try to, uh, I try to look at my finances as I'm the worst, I'm I'm, I'm my own worst enemy, right? right? So if I, because I could say to myself, oh, yeah, I'm going to put $500 a month into Betterment. I'm gonna, I'll do it. I'll do it. And then I don't do it. And I'm like, oh, well, I'll just double up next month. You know, I'll just put in 1000 mm. next month. And then, you know. It never happens. And then it, it may or may not never happen, right? Right. Uh, I, I do the same thing with bills. It, it's the worst. I'm like, oh, no. I, I'm just going to, like, automatic. I'll just, like, manually pay my car bill every month. Like, because I, I, I don't know if I'm going to have the money. Like, I'm, I'm just going to do it, like, myself. Mm. And then you forget. And you don't do it. Right, so and I, it is interesting that you say that because I actually manually pay my credit card bills specifically because the act of doing it makes me conscious of my bill. But God forbid you forget, and then you're late, and then you know, and it's ha- it has happened. Yeah, before. And, that's, and that's not good. So you just basically well, you are your own worst enemy. So mm-hmm. so I say I do I do want to say that uh, late, like if you're late a few days. Uh, they there's a grace probably, period. Yeah, yeah. There's a grace period, and even if they do charge you a few, you can call them up, and they will ninety percent of the time waive it. Yeah, I know, and I've done it before. But my point it's is, an, it's an annoying, it's additional. Work. My point is, don't trust yourself, mm. and and make and and try to take all of the onus off of you and onto you know something that's automated. So you know, and I and again, for instance, like Betterment automatically pulls out five hundred dollars from my checking account every month. Like I mm. don't. Have control. I mean, I have control over it technically, but it, like, it's it's gonna happen re- regardless. You know, it's gonna happen regardless that you're gonna get a paycheck every month or twice a week for 52 weeks. You know, right? right. What's what's half of 52? I forget. Uh, now I'm gonna be feel like an idiot. 27. So it's <laughs> no, it's no, it's, it's not. not. No, it's not. It's 26, dude. 26. Yeah. Six times two is 12. Right. So, um, it's. I just say take it off. Take it out of your hands. And just do the 12 months. That's my, that's, I don't even want, don't even put trust in yourself. Yeah. And you know what? Like, to be perfectly honest, um, we're talking about uh, measuring interest in months. And when we talk about investing, we talk about it in years. Yeah. Uh, and like, yeah, you may, you may do good in a few months, but really, like, we're concerned long term. So this whole, like, that, then you're into timing the market. Okay. And then what happens if it crashes and you don't have your summer money? Right. Exactly. So, um, this next question that we're going to get to, by the way, Andrew, thank you for that question, and I hope it helps. Uh, and Andrew has already emailed you back, so I'm sure there's that. Mm. Uh, you did not give me the person of this final question. Ah, uh, you know, I'm so I'm so bad at uh, at this. So this so is the next person, huh? At preparing. At, what does that mean? 
You're bad at preparing? Yes, I'm bad at preparing, okay. apparently. Uh, so this next one is Megan. Okay. So Megan says, I'm a sophomore rising junior. Is that right? Okay, she's a, oh, she, it's the summertime. So she's a sophomore, it. soon to, yeah, yeah. Soon to be a junior in high school, 16 years old, who is enrolling in the state's early college program, and I'm concerned about student debt. Luckily, I'm not in college yet, which gives me a ton of time to worry about this, but I'm wondering if you guys have any tips on how to cut the cost of college. So, uh, since I didn't go I, to college, right? and Andrew... Went a long time ago. Uh, went a long time ago. We decided to reach out to uh, a friend of ours, Thomas Frank, who has a website called collegeinfogeek.com, college mm. for some help on this question. And I'm going to go ahead, go ahead and read what he wrote. Cool. If you want. If uh, I want I'm, for I'll, you to read, always. Okay. So number one, uh, realize that college is a business decision. We have talked to Adam Carroll about this. Uh, I forget what episode of that number that is, uh, but he's the guy from the documentary Broke, Busted, and Disgusted. He talks about student loan debts. That was his like main piece of advice. It's episode 32, by the way. Episode 32, right. Thank you. So colleges want to sell you on a lot of things. The beautiful campus, the sports team, the associated camaraderie, uh, the clubs and organizations. But you need to think about what you're actually seeking to gain in exchange for your money and time and how much of that time slash money you're willing to trade for it. So that's why it's a business decision, right? Mm. And then beware of scope insensitivity. We are humans. Uh, we humans are bad with numbers. We are uh, when we're get when we're dealing with big non quantified ideas like the picture of our ideal jobs, the future, etc. Well, I, I just want to say, like when he says bad with numbers, it's like when they say the national debt is fourteen trillion. Mm-hmm. Like it is so abstracted and such a ridiculous. Like, you I can't really conceptualize it as compared to one trillion. Yeah, it's like the difference is almost meaningless to us. R- right. So like these non quantified ideas. Like the big picture of uh, your ideal job, the future, it can be easy to gloss over the price when it comes to that. And I understand that. Like, you know, yes, I get I get that. Like uh, what's $100,000 when you have $0 and you don't know what it takes to earn $1,000? So, here, so here's what he says. Realize that there's a massive difference between $6,000 a year and $20,000 a year. A difference you'll know all too well when you graduate and have to repay those loans. Don't defer the due diligence to your future self, because at that point, it's too late. Do the math. And uh, there's a link to an article on College Info Geek that he titles True Student Loan Costs, which we will link to in the show notes for more information on that. CollegeInfoGeek.com slash true-student-loan-costs. There that was very well uh, articulated. You, know, you have to, you have to p- play it back in slow-mo in your... Uh... <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, state schools are a great option. Now, uh, we talked about this on another episode when we talked to uh, Thomas and Martin. and We going, covered, yeah, this in, in We did cover depth. this, yeah. So going to a public in-state school is usually going to be the cheaper option than going to a private or out-of-state school, and your experience will be just as great. These types of universities generally have more resources since they're bigger, and they also have a lot more great communities and organizations. It's easy to find a place where you'll fit in, even at a very large school. And I will also add to this the idea of going to a community college for the first two years, achieving your associate's degree, and then moving on to a four-year school for only two more years to get your bachelor's degree. That saves you a ton of money. I know a lot of friends that did that. 
uh, and have it's worked out perfectly for them. They have a degree from you know a university, even though they only attended there two years and only paid two years worth of school. I just want to say, like people maybe have this like thought, like oh, it's a community college, it's not as good. You know, first of all, yeah. uh, it's it's that's not what the end result will be. Right. The end result and, is that yeah, you got you got a bachelor's I, degree at. A university or a yeah, state and or and the thing is, like back to it's a business decision. It's like you could go to school for twenty k a year for two years, or you could do the equivalent for like four k for two years. Yeah, and, and then still get the awesome degree at the end. Exactly, and Google just came out publicly stated that they don't care where your degree comes from, right? And since mm. Google is a giant corporation that everyone wants to emulate. Uh, With brilliant are, people working. Yeah, chances are that the rest will follow. So it doesn't matter if you have a degree from Harvard versus... Uh, I just want to say that Google doesn't just like say things and they don't just do things. They're super data analysts. Yeah. Like everything that they do is for a reason. They've analyzed all the people they've hired over... There's like an awesome article about it. All the people they've hired, the results, how they work, well they worked out. And it turns out that the college that you came from has no meaningful like weight yeah. In, in how well you'll do in the future. There you go. So uh, you might be able to look at schools in nearby states, right? Reciprocy. Uh, yeah, reciprocy programs are agreements <laughs> between certain states that let students attend their schools without paying an out-of-state tuition. So there might be something there for you. Uh, and I'm going to blow through these because he's got a bunch of specific money-saving tips for college. And we and did, just real, we and did just an real episode quick. on this, too. We, we did an episode already on this, so that's why I'm going to kind of blow through this faster. And just real quick, we're going to include that link in the notes Yeah. Uh, just about, like, the uh, discounts to, to mm-hmm. tuition and stuff like that. Okay. So get a part-time job uh, and have one when you're in college as well. Use your earnings to pay for education and living expenses rather than buying computers and eating out and all that dumb shit, like Thomas mm-hmm. did, he says. Uh, live off <laughs> like we camp- all did. Live off campus. It's a great... Uh, way to experience uh, it's great it's a great experience to live in the dorms for a year but it's usually way cheaper to live in an apartment outside of campus right and if there's free public transit even better uh, if not you can use a bike or something we actually i live close enough to the college like where i am right now and there's people that are renting out their uh, townhomes here you get a bunch of people you come in maybe like spend a couple 250 dollars a month and you can ride That's your, awesome. You can walk yeah. or ride your bike over there. It's not that far of a hike. And I, I did that also. It, it dramatically because it's exorbitantly expensive to yeah. live on campus, and half the time it doesn't mean anything. Hack your meal plan. If you live in a dorm and have a meal plan, opt for one that only gives you one or two meals a day. In my experience, the plan with three meals is crazy expensive, so I just ate twice a day and made sure uh, to make those meals pretty big. So we'd eat like that's what I do. I eat twice a day. Mm. I don't eat big meals, but they're. You could eat two giant meals a day. You know, eat later. Don't eat like as soon as you wake up. You know, go to class. Maybe eat just lunch and dinner. Mm. Works. Although, you, although they they do say that I you know they have, say that's bullshit. They say you should have breakfast like nah, a king. I don't think it's. I don't think it's. I mean, dude, it's the energy for the day. You should have a big breakfast, a medium lunch, and a small dinner. Basically, the reverse of yeah. What I we think all it's. Do. I think no. I think that's that's bullshit. Based based on based on math, you know, wacky you know science. No, you know what it's based on. It's based on the fact that when you eat a lot in the morning, y- your body is taking all the energy to digest that food, leaving you with no energy to actually do stuff. Mm. It's bullshit. Well, okay, look. So if if you need to, and I'm um, and I'm, I'm making pro- I'm making very general look, like statements. Look, to, I know. To be, you have a good point. If you in the morning need to run from predators, you'll probably cramp up. Yeah. And uh, you might die. So it, it, 
if you are running from predators, I don't recommend a big breakfast. Anyway, uh, two <laughs> meals not bad. Keep applying for scholarships even when you're in college. Uh, Thomas won over ten thousand dollars in scholarships after he started. Hmm. I Focus, actually didn't know that yeah, you could get. Stuff I didn't after either. Focus on scholarships that are through your university or offered by local companies. FastWeb and other sites are far too crowded and competitive. Con- you know, so blah blah. blah. Uh, consider community college, which we talked about. Uh, get done with college faster. Try to take college credits in high school. Mm. In college, test out of classes. Yeah, you could do that through uh, CLEP or through asking a professor, which I know Martin uh, talked about. He his, he did. You know, hmm. uh, double dip on requirements and work hard. You can get through a lot of programs in less than four years if you're willing to do the work and ask the right questions. And yeah, who the hell wants to spend four years in college? I, and I'll tell you, dude, uh, in the beginning, I started with 12 credits a semester and uh, I actually dropped, like, I think I might have, I never dropped below 12, but I took it super easy, took my time, and I was in such, like, a, I was so backlogged with requirements. My last few semesters, I took over 21 credits, mm-hmm. and it, like, destroyed me. So instead of being, like, ridiculous, just make it even. Yeah. Um, avoid private loans. We talked about this a lot. If you can, stay out of debt entirely by avoiding private loans. They are the highest interest, don't have forgiveness and repayment options like federal loans might, and they will make your life harder. Figure out a way to finance your education without them if, all, if at all possible. However, one thing that we learned with the, the interview with the CEO of SoFi is that after you graduate and have a job, mm-hmm. many of the things like the uh, terms of a, a government-funded student loan are no longer applicable or important and then you, and so when you have the job it actually does make sense to then switch to a private one because you could reduce the interest rate um yeah and then just make it cheaper so spend as little money on textbooks as possible and uh i'm just going to link to college info geek there is a great textbook uh saving guide on there and we also talked about it in detail on another podcast so i won't go mm. into the details here but they are there uh if you need them and we will link to them practice mindfulness remember signing up for classes asap could mean the difference between getting into a crowded class versus having to wait a semester for it and staying in school longer hey there might be an episode of uh our podcast about that and yes it's uh money mindfulness with thomas frank <laughs> what episode number is that find that out uh, all right. Let me let me see. But uh, I, I remember. Oh, tell me. No, I was gonna say I'm just gonna do the last one and then wrap it up. Yeah. So it's episode 58, and oh. I just remember like uh, enrollment would open at like 12 a.m. on whatever day, mm-hmm. and I would just like stay up all night. I mean, all night. It wasn't really that late. Yeah, it wasn't but, that late. You know. Uh, and then find student discounts. And there's a you know there's a bunch of student discounts. I know there's a bunch in the area that I live in because I mean I live in a college town, and uh. There's an article on College Info Geek. It's called 27 College Tips That He Learned His Sophomore Year, and we're going to link to that as well. Do you mm-hmm. want to try to say that? 27-college-tips-i-learn-sophomore-year. Okay. Backslash. Anyway. Forward, forward slash, rather. So that's it. I want to thank uh, Megan, Peggy, Andrew, and Alice for your questions today. They and Andrew, very, again. Well, yeah. I mean, I we answered two, yeah. Yeah. But thank you, guys. <laughs> For those questions, and uh, I love doing these episodes. I know. They're awesome. They're great. You get so much covered. Uh, So that's it. Thanks for hanging out with us, you guys. And uh, if you guys have more questions, you want us to do another episode of Five Questions, you can send us 
yours at li- uh, to listen money matters at gmail.com. And if you like the show, you can leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher uh, or wherever else you can leave a review Facebook, Twitter, wherever. But yeah, uh, I'm going to read a review right now from Tommy DNKC from the United States. Most entertaining finance talk imaginable. Five stars. Thank you, Tommy. If the man show discussed personal finance and other worthwhile topics in life, you'd have Listen Money Matters. Andrew and Matt are well-versed in personal finance, but don't bore you with it. As a 30-year-old male, hey, our demographic. (laughs) This show would be like talking to my friends openly about personal finance if personal finance wasn't such a taboo subject among my friends. I started with Dave Ramsey eight years ago, and I've evolved into listening to Listen Money Matters. Mm. Sweet. Mm-mm. Tommy fits uh, our original demographic for the show, and it has since evolved, but uh, that's awesome. Thank you, Tommy. I really appreciate that. Uh, and last but not least, if you want to learn more about personal finance, you know where to go. <laughs> ListenMoneyMatters.com. We're always posting up new articles and new episodes of the show mm. every day. Every single day, ListenMoneyMatters.com. There are going to be a lot of new articles coming soon. Oh, so seriously. Oh, yes. We say that. We've said that a lot, by the way. No, no, but this time it's actually happening. Uh, there is. Okay. All right. It is. So that's it. That's it. I just want to say. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> if, you, if you want to know when they come out, and they're likely to come out on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but not 100%. If you want to know when they, when they hit, just subscribe online. To we our send, email list, which uh, you can find yeah. on every page of our website, pretty much. We, we really do try and um, be mindful about the amount of emails we send to you. And All we right. promise we'll never send more than one a day. There you go. That's it. Thanks for hanging out with us. And we look forward to the next episode later, Andrew. Later, Matt.